these things that we are completely unaware of that are just running our day-to-day lives. And until we unpack this stuff, whether it's about relationships or business or money or your body and your health, that shit just runs you without Mm. you even knowing. Welcome to the Have It All podcast. I'm Elon Ferdman, and along with my brother Guy, we're Satori Prime. We've spent the last 16 years on a quest of mastery, and not just in business, all areas. Mastery of our finances, our bodies, our relationships, and most importantly, our minds. You see, while most people fantasize about their dream life, we went out and created it. And you bet we learned a few things along the way. So if you want to gain new skills and tools that will help you achieve the life of your dreams, well, you've come to the right place. So get ready to have your mind expanded. Implement what you learn here today, and you'll start living the life of your dreams instead of just, well, dreaming about it. So are you ready to have it all? Let's go. Well, my fellow Satorians, it has come to our attention that many of you are not yet aware of some massive news in the Satori Prime world. So let me let you in on a not so little secret right now. So Guy and I have recently created an app that you can now download on your iPhone or your Android device just by searching for Satori Prime in either iTunes or the Google Play Store. Or if you want, you can even download it directly to your desktop by going to app satoriprime.com and the reviews are in and they are lively things like life-changing i love the gamification i share this with everyone in my life and my favorite how is this free so if you want to join your fellow satorians in our very own exclusive community then like i said head either to your itunes or google play store and search for satori prime or simply go to app.satoriprime.com and install it on your desktop So as soon as you join, what we're going to do is we're going to give you access not only to our amazing community, we're also going to give you access to a completely free 10-part transformational mini-series that we've never released anywhere else. And this is where you can begin to uncover all of these limiting beliefs and start upgrading them. Things like money, overwhelm, procrastination. You'll get to see how you can create accountability in your life like never before, and you'll get to experience life in a whole new way. So if you haven't done so already, come join our Satorian family today. Make sure to go download that app. And now it's time for the episode. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Have It All podcast. And today I'm bringing back, for those of you guys that haven't listened to the Performance Enhancing podcast, which was our previous podcast, James Swanwick was actually on that podcast with me and we jammed. We had an amazing time. So first of all, welcome to the show or welcome back to the new show. Great to be back, Elon. Thank you very much, sir. Yeah. So James is, uh, we've, we've been in each other's lives for a few years now. Uh, we're in different entrepreneurial groups together. Uh, James has a very interesting background. He was a host on ESPN he also started a company with his brother as well, Swanee. So for those of you guys watching this on videos, he's rocking those glasses, which uh, we'll talk about, I'm sure, help you sleep. Yep. <laughs> Last time we were actually in the podcast, we spoke about his 30-day no alcohol challenge, which was really inspiring, not only to our listeners, but also to me, which I just shared with uh, James here. In a second. So, uh, with that, is there anything else you think people need to know about you, or you'd like them to know about you before we we jump on to the nitty gritty stuff? 
Oh, I love that question. It's kind of like, James, why don't you show off a little bit? Why don't you just tell yeah. everyone how, how important and special you are? You are important and special, so you should. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, why people might think that I'm important and special is because I help people sleep better through my sleep company. And then I help social drinkers either quit or significantly reduce alcohol. And then people seem to, to know me pretty well for being a top networker. I don't really like the word networker. I, I much prefer the word connector. Mm-hmm. But um, Forbes magazine uh, very kindly voted me uh, one of the top 25 networking experts in 2015, which probably means I'm three years out of date. I mean, maybe, maybe I've got to get 20, I've got to get 2018. I've got to get on the 2018 list. So that's kind of what I'm. That's kind of what I'm. I'm known for. But what I would say is that I'm. You know, I'm an Australian American, um, born and raised in Brisbane, Australia. Been living mostly in Los Angeles. You know, I got a lot of. I got a lot of insecurities, like everyone. Everyone else, as as much as I think, give myself a pat on the back for being, you know, pretty good in business, um, so, and, and networking and connecting, if you like. You know, I'm a single man who's 42, and I don't have a wife or kids. I don't have a significant other. Intimacy has been lacking from my life, um, and I'm now hiring professionals to help me with that. So, as much as people might say, "Oh, yeah, James, he does that, and that's cool," I I, I would say that I'm I'm in training mm. for a romantic relationship and and for for a family, and 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 I've been pretty poor in my training for the first 42 years of my life. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> well, I have to just just quickly, and we're I don't know if we're going to talk about this, maybe well, but like I have to say that James is one of the nicest, most heart-centered guys. So if there's any lucky ladies out there. (laughs) (laughs) No, but seriously, um, this is actually really interesting because like as a coach, I have found that people that generally kick ass at business, that doesn't necessarily parlay into the intimate relationship side of things. It's almost like the things that make you really, really awesome at business um, make you not as awesome sometimes in intimate relationships. I'm curious, like, have you seen, because you've been at this, like hiring people, Mm. like you said, um, have you seen things in your life that like, while it makes you excel in this, it, you know, it doesn't really work in that. Well, yeah, in business, I've, I'm always very much um, uh, identify something and conquer it, right? So it's like, right, there it is. I'm going to go and conquer it. And and to a degree, I've been successful in that. I've created some businesses and I've done some coaching and things like that. Um, and I guess as a, as a man, in my, especially in my 20s and early 30s, in romantic relationships, I was very much the same thing, seduce and conquer. Mm. And you know what? I, I, quite frankly, I became very good at it. Um, I was very good at seduction and I was very good at conquering, but none of these, these relationships ended up being anything more than two or three months, sometimes even shorter. Yeah. Uh, I would either lose interest or I w- would retreat or withdraw because of a fear of a fear of intimacy. So while in the short term, you know, if you're a young guy in his 20s and you're looking at pickup, you might look at me and go, well, that's a successful guy because he can pick up girls. But I, I look at it now as a massive failure because mm-hmm. I don't have a, a, a successful long-term romantic relationship. I don't have children. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. Um and so the, the idea of conquer, like I'm a business person, I'm going to conquer, I'm going to make shit happen, I'm going to do this, that's worked for me to a degree in business, but it has not worked for me in my, my romantic relationships. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it, it worked for producing the result that it produced. Yes. It's not worked for producing the result that you now want, which is, you know, someone to spend the rest of your life with and, and raise a family with and things like that, which I, I also find to be, especially with like alpha entrepreneurs, we are very much this like hunter-based mentality. Like, that's what I want. I'm going to go. I'm going to get that. And there's a... I don't want to say scorched earth, but it's the best thing I can think of. It's like that kind of mentality where it's like, I will do anything to get that. And I think that there's, there's some sort of detriment to that in the, in the intimacy and vulnerability space, which I think is what is kind of the ground that creates uh, these type of relationships. Yeah, absolutely. For, um, for, so here's a cool part. Cause like, obviously James, been very successful in multiple industries. Um, what I find fascinating is like what you've excelled at different areas in your life. And you're someone that said, you know what, like I want this now. And I realized that there are things that I don't yet know in this area. And so I'm going to seek information or coaches or, you know, conversations and things like that to work on, which I think is a very, very smart entrepreneurial thing. Like I think as you're building businesses, we kind of naturally gravitate to those things. I'm curious, like what was the shift? What was the thing that you were like, okay, you know what? Like now this is really important for me. Like I've done this other stuff. This is really what I want to put my focus on. How did that shift come? You know, it, it, it came gradually, I would say. Like I said, I'm 42 uh, as we're as we're recording this. So if we go back a few years to entrepreneurship and business, right? In 2010, I got my dream job, right? And my dream job was to host a television show. And I ended up hosting Sports Center on ESPN. And I got to go and work out of the Bristol, Connecticut studios at ESPN. I got to watch sport all day. I got to be on TV. I had a Z level of fame, if you like. People would recognize me and go, yo, Swano from the Sports Center. It was cool, man. It was, it was what I dreamed of doing. But about 18 months in, midway through 2012, I just had this feeling inside of me. It's like, I want to run my own business. I don't want to answer to a, a producer. And the producer is like my, my boss in the, in the TV world. And ESPN was still controlling my value. They were still determining what my salary was going to be. Like, you know, we're going to pay you this. And they still said you had to be here at a certain time and you had to check out at a certain time. And even though it was an amazing, amazing job, and I have nothing but good things to say about that, it was still a job. And for me, it was like, you know what? I think I'm capable of more. I want to build a business. And most importantly, I want... I want to live a lifestyle where I can do whatever I want to do and be whoever I want to be and travel the world and not have to be somewhere because someone's telling me to be there. And so that didn't come overnight. It was just a gradual thing that after the initial, yes, I got this job, had worn <laughs> down, it was like, hang on a second. If I stay in this job and I stay in ESPN, then I'm going to be a corporate man forever and I'm going to have to live in Bristol, Connecticut in one place and I'm only going to get two to four weeks vacation a year and I better find a wife and have some kids and we're all going to be location-based, a location-based family. And I realized that if I didn't make the jump then, then I would be there 20 years later, you know? And so 
So for me, it was a transition. And then I decided to make that transition when I quit. And then I went off to be an entrepreneur. And then just I'll quickly fast forward the story. I struggled for the next two years, quite frankly. Like I really struggled. I was a man in his late 30s making less than $20,000 a year because I was trying to make online entrepreneurship work. So I really, I really struggled with that. Just to move it into another perspective of relationships, yeah. right? I was the guy who from pretty much my late teens, from 18 or 19, man, I was good with women. I was good with the ladies. I don't know what it was. I just somehow I was good with it. And that served me for about 15 years from like, let's say from like 20, around my 20s to mid 30s. And it was fun and it was awesome and nobody got hurt and everyone was cool. And it was just like, yeah, it was fun. And, you know, it was like, great. But then I started to get into my mid to late 30s and I'm like, you know what? I think there's something missing here. I really want to have kids. And I can find myself not being as interested in the seduction anymore. And now I'm starting to go into this having deeper conversations and less trivial surface level conversations. And then I just started to read some books and get around people who are also into that. And it was this transition where I was like, all of a sudden, all of that stuff that had interested me so much for, for 15 years, maybe 16, 17 years, all of a sudden started to, my interest started to wane and I started moving towards, you know what, I think I need, I want to have a deeper connection with a woman and I definitely want to have, have children. So I don't think it was like a one big catalyst where it was like knocking you over the head and go, oh, you need to do this now. It was more like just a transition of not so much getting older, but just different phases of your life, just yeah. moving. That's the end of that phase. Oh, I can feel myself naturally moving into this phase. Oh, look, I'm in the sec- I'm in this next phase. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's been, that was kind of like the, the, the shift for me in both my professional life and my, uh, I guess, romantic relationship yeah. life. It's so interesting that you say it that way. The, the way I explain to people, like the people that tend to work with us, I find that like th- there's two voices that I can basically decipher in, in, in our experience. There's the one that most everyone listens to that thinks, you know, they think that that's the voice in their head. That's, that's them, you know, constantly chattering, judging, opining, this person's better, blah, 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 whatever, all that kind of stuff. And then there's this like really, really, really subtle part of you. Um, that I think is it not for me, it doesn't really communicate in words all that much. It's more of like a feeling like it, in my heart where it's like, I just know that this thing that I'm looking at or experiencing or wanting to do whatever is an absolute fuck. Yes. Or like an absolute fuck. No, like you've walked into rooms and you're like, I do not want to be here, you know? And logically you can't explain why there's no brain involved. And in it. it was just like, that ah, that doesn't feel good. Our gut, our intuition. And what I found is that it's always trying to talk to you. So my assumption would be that like, even in your early thirties, right? Like it was already kind of like whispers there, but it's not loud enough. And like the other part of you just goes, no, 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 we're just going to do this. It'll like, it'll be great. And whether it's in business or relationships or whatever. And then at some point, like the, the staying up at night, because that voice, like the heart voice just gets louder and and you i tell people like you can only bottle it up for so long till it's like you gotta fucking listen to me (laughs) you know and so i love the way you said it because it really it's not this necessarily like a to b switch it is this tuning into 
what really matters and not masking it with all this other stuff that's really loud up here, but like being going, you know what? No, that does. This really is what feels true to me. And it is really what I want. And I, I want to communicate that now because it matters. And then you go make shifts like, okay, I, I surrender to this shift in my life. And then how do I get more of that? Like, how do I play in that role? And whether it's, look, you've got a dream fucking job, right? And then all of a sudden it's like that noise goes away a little bit and you start listening to this and going like, yeah, but is this really what we want? Like, I thought we want to serve at a higher level. I wanted, I thought we wanted to live all around the world. Like you could only bury it for so long. And that's why yes. people wake up, you know, in their forties or fifties or even sixties and like, can't do this anymore. I just can't. Yeah. This. yeah. Sadly for most of, most of us will put up with the status quo for most of our lives, you know, like, I mean, I, I, I look back and I think it was a natural transition but like sometimes in hindsight i go well man i I should have made that shift so so much so much quicker so much earlier like some sometimes in some areas of my life i'll stew over a decision for sometimes months or even years and then you know like it's so it's like a back and forth back and forth and and the challenge really at that point is is that are you going to be the person who finally draws a line in the sand and says okay i'm making the shift and it's going to be ugly and messy and awkward. It may not be, but it could be, right? Yeah. It could be. It could be messy, ugly, ugly and awkward. And you might break things along the way. And you're willing to do that to come out on the other side. Or are you going to just go, oh, that's going to be ugly and awkward and messy. I think I'll just stay in this, which is comfortable. Well, it's not so comfortable because I'll keep thinking about making the shift, but it's, not so scary or making that shift is so scary that I'm just going to make peace with the fact that I'm going to play maybe small, maybe, maybe that's the word or safe yep. or average might be another way of looking at it. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it, it's at some point that, that intuition starts off as like someone whispering in the ear, like, whoosh, whoosh, and then towards the end of it, depending on what it's like, someone with a big microphone or yeah. megaphone going, it's like, now you've got to do it now, do it now. Yeah. Otherwise it just starts eating you up inside because you're, you're in a constant argument with what your, you know, call it your soul wants. And you're just like, no, I'm too scared to go do that because I, and, and it's just shit that it makes up. It's like, well, if we do that, you know, like if I leave ESPN, then what the fuck am I going to do? And what's my life going to look like? And, you know, how am I going to be? And people are going to think like, what is this 35 year old man making like all this stuff? And it just keeps you there. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you something as well, Elon. It's not always necessary a fear of failure. A lot of times it's a fear of success. Yeah. And I'll tell you, with that ESPN gig, man, in 1990 I was 15 years old and I had home videos of me pretending to be a sports anchor. That's I was amazing. Like, and it's, it's, it's hilarious. In fact, if you want to see me pretending to be a sports anchor when I was 15. If you just Google my name, James Swanick, and there's a blog post article I wrote called How I Bluffed ESPN. Um, and if you go to that blog post, I, I outline um, 
you know, the video, I show the video of me as a kid. I've, I've got a photo of me doing my audition. I got a photo, a photo of me shaving off my beard for the audition. And I tell the whole story around everything that was going on. But I was so nervous doing my audition for Sports Center. And I had a panic attack when I was sitting in the studio behind the Sports Center desk. And all I had to do was read the stupid teleprompter and say it in a way that the producer would go, oh, yeah, he's great on camera. He's got confidence. Let's hire him. And I'd been practicing in my mind for, for 20 years to do this thing. And when I got there, I was so bad. I was like, oh, hi, James Swanick here. Lots to get through on Sports Center tonight. Let's start with the football. I was just crappy. Wow. And, I, and, and thankfully, when the producer looked at it and he said, no, sorry, it's not going to work. Thankfully, I actually had enough balls, I guess, to say, can I have another go? Can I come back tomorrow? And he, he felt sorry for me. So I said, sure, come back tomorrow. And I did. I went back the next day. And, and the next day I was at, good evening, everyone. Welcome to Sports Center. James Swanick here alongside Anthony Howard. Here to take you into the weekend with a smorgasbord of sports. Let's start with the NFL. And I did it in a way that just nailed it. And he hired me on, on, on the spot. And, and I was on air two weeks later. But I'll, I will say this, that panic attack was not a fear of failure. It was a fear of success. And the fear of success was how is my life going to change if I actually get this job? If now people see me on TV and they realize that I'm actually not as good as I thought as I've been thinking that I'm, I've been for all of these years, what happens? Am I going to have to move here? Oh my God, I'm going to have to move from where I'm living now. That's going to be, that, that's going to be hard. Oh, I'm going to have to make new friends. Oh, that's going to be difficult. What if all the, my ESPN colleagues don't, don't like me. What it, like all of these kind of stories. So it was a fear of succeeding. Yeah. And a lot of people don't take action because they're like, shit, what happens if I quit my job here and I actually go and make a million dollars? Oh my God. What? That's scary because then I got all this extra responsibility that I'm going to have in my life. So it's crazy, man. It's like the human mind. It's, it's a, it's a fickle thing, man. It's like one minute it's scared of failure. The next minute it's scared of success. You bring up such a good point. And like what you are, are pointing out beautifully is that's all even in the conscious mind. Like you didn't even touch on what's happening subconsciously. Cause like the conscious mind is like doing all that processing because that's the shit it can understand. Okay. I have to move here. Wait, I have to make a new friend. What if they don't like it's doing all that stuff, but like there's subconscious programs, right? Which are like, okay, say someone is from a, a really low income home, right? And the subconscious mind knows that like, if you were to get this job, you're going to be the first person in your family to make six figures, for example, ever, right? Or like go to school ever, you know, whatever it is, right? And in your mind, like that, your family has been trained for decades to look at everyone that has money that's like they're bad or, you know, they, they scam the system or whatever it is. Like shit that you don't even think about that's just programmed in there. Your subconscious mind will go and, and self-sabotage you because if you were to get that, you would then end up becoming one of those people. Or like in relationships, right? So like if people come from a home that the relationship between their parents, what they grew up seeing, wasn't a what they perceive as a great relationship, right? Um, I'll give you an example, and this is not naming any names, but a person that I know, like her sister was, I don't know if there's anything wrong with her, but like she had a really, really tough, the girl was, was off and this, 
her sister actually blames the other one for her parents' divorce because she was like so hard to deal with, et cetera, to the point that now she's terrified to have kids mm. because she's like, she has a great relationship with her husband and she's like, you know, her in, in a subconscious way, it's like, if I were to bring another child into this world and that child would be anything like her, then my relationship ends. And it's like mm. these things that we are completely unaware of that are just running our day-to-day lives. And until we unpack this stuff, whether it's about relationships or business or money or your body and your health, like that shit just runs you without Mm. you even knowing. Yeah. It's like a machine of judgment and opinions and fears and self criticism yep and, and it's it's the the machinery in, in your brain that just keeps telling you that stuff over and over and over and over again it's like a record yep. going around it's just telling you all of this stuff all the time and the only way that i know of switching the record is to is to get the needle and scratch it like <laughs> you know what i mean it's like it's not it's not enough to just like gently take off the needle and remove it and then very ceremoniously remove the record and put a new, <laughs> put a new record on and then put the needle back on and have that be a nice, smooth little playing a new song, playing a new dance. No, the only way, unfortunately, that, that I know of to get out of a situation is to just go <laughs> scratch it and then just like things are going to break and then you go bang and then you put on the new record and, and until you got to scratch that, <laughs> scratch that. <laughs> until you're like, that one's played its role, and now it's time for a new one as yeah. well. Yeah, so it, it's interesting that you say that because uh, for me also, that's exactly how I was. Like I was, I called it almost like spiritual masochists because mm-hmm. I had it that like I had to go through some crazy ass shit in order to experience the breakthrough. And you know, I know that you just did landmark also, so like. For me, that concept of the only way to have breakthrough is through a breakdown was like so ingrained in me for a decade plus that when I started working with my new coach and I would get on the call and I was like, look, my, like, I, I don't have, like I got on every other coach I would get on and I have to like figure out, okay, what's broken in my life? Like what's the thing that I'm not happy with or I want it, right? And I would get on these calls and I'm like, like, babe, my life is like, it's, it's awesome. Like I got nothing. And she's like, okay, great. Let's work with that. And I started reprogramming this idea that I have to go through shit in order to have breakthroughs Mm. and reprogramming that like, I can have massive breakthroughs while being an awesome, like Mm. leading to more awesome, which for me was like, huh? But when you start questioning everything, even the things that you kind of like believe to be true and have worked to be true, even if you get to bring those into question, it's like just because something works for you, that doesn't necessarily mean it's the best thing. Right. Right. Like you and I work out. Okay. I'm, I'm assuming through the decade two, whatever that you've been working out, right? Like there are things that you did that you thought this was the best way to do this. Mm-hmm. But with working out, it's like one of these things that I think like you and I also like, we're always mixing it up and learning new things. So it's like, all of a sudden you do something and you're like, 
well, fuck me. That is way more effective than that thing that I was doing. We're like open to learning and growing, but like business relationships, certain things when they work, we're like, this is the way it works. Yeah. So for me, 2017 was like, well, what if I got rid of all of that fucking programming? And what if it wasn't about like scratching the record because I didn't like that groove anymore, but it was like, let's just play a different song and just see, I don't know. Maybe it's worse. Maybe it's better. But like, am I at least open to trying something new? Yeah. And I have to say in that it's, Cause again, like I used to believe exactly the, the, like I used to fucking coach people. Like you have to go through this shit in order to get there. And I'm like, well, I don't know that to be true anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then, well, in, actual, in actual fact, there's, there's, I don't think there's anything that's true or false. I don't think there's anything that's right or wrong. It's just one of the things in, in the landmark forum that I did that they teach you is that there's, it's, there's no right or wrong. It's just a bunch of stuff happening. Right. It's, it's, Always. It's always the story that you assign to it, but what you said is really is really terrific and and res- resonating with me because I'm realizing I speak weekly to a relationship coach and someone a, a woman who's been helping me with intimacy and opening up and romantic relationships and and things like that and I and it's interesting when you were saying that I, I, I was thinking before every call I write down all the stuff that's wrong, you know all the stuff that I'm not doing well, the bad things that happen and. Um, you've inspired me now before my next call to write down all the things that I think are working, you know, and just start the call with, well, I've got some great, great news to share. And you know what? I always have great news to share from the week. I've always make progress, but it's amazing that for me to, to feel like I'm getting my money's worth, I guess, or the full impact from the coach. It's like, well, I better have a problem that she can help me solve. Yes. And here's what I found. Like I record all my calls, right? The calls that I got on with nothing to share, right? Like no trauma, no fucking like issue that I need her to unpack for me have always been the best ones because like whatever comes out of my mouth, right? Like she can pick up on the languaging and the nuance and like the energy behind stuff on how to up level that because in our speaking, there is always, right? Like belief systems and perceptions and all that stuff. But like when I was going into just like, help me fix this or help me get through this situation, I came in with an agenda. Yeah. I wanted an answer to something when I was like a blank slate, like, let me share with you what's been happening from like, this is the amazing stuff that's happened here and amazing. Right. And she's like, great. And then there was always these like micro tweaks where Mm. I got to see even in those moments of awesomeness and excellence, where there's my my growth opportunity. Mm. And I was like, well, fuck me. And it, it totally just reprogrammed coaching, like for me, coaching others and being coached by others. And here's the funny part, as a coach, because that was my conversation about me showing up to my coach, guess how my people had to show up? They felt like they had to show up that way. And then as soon as I gave that up, they're also showing up on calls like this is happening. And this is, I was like, wow, what have I been doing all these years? <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. It's crazy, isn't it? But that's the, again, that's our conditioning, right? Like yes. we, we, you say like, what have I been doing all these years? I mean, I look back at it now and I go, 
what the hell have I been doing all all these years? You know, in terms of my my intimate relationships, that wasn't serving me. But you, you know, at the time, you don't know that it's not serving you, or, or you might st- you might have the whisper. The whisper might be coming in, obviously. But like you go through phases like where you just you're so convinced that this is the, the right thing. I mean, I remember just using the, the the workout analogy. I was just this guy who was always a push pull kind of guy. So I'd do the I do uh, chest and back days, and I'd do biceps and and and, and triceps days and stuff. And I, I would I do like a set of set of uh, chest presses, and then I'd go over and do the pull downs, and then I'd go and do inverted dumbbell, you know, um, chest presses, and then I'd go and do the the seated row. And I I would do this, and I would just do oh yeah, today's like back day and chest day and whatever. And I did that, I remember, I think in probably uh, 2010, 2011. And you know what? I got big. I did get big and my muscles were big and it was cool. But what I, but what I didn't do was I didn't do my legs. I was like, ah, I'm not going to bother with my legs because I was like, who cares? I, I want to go for the aesthetic. I just want to look good from the torso up and, you know, wearing jeans half the time. I don't care about the legs. And then someone's like, no, dude. You know, legs are everything. You got to do your legs. I'm like, why? Because if you if you do your legs, then your upper body will increase as well. I'm like, what are you talking about? Well, it's like, well, if you work out your legs and your glutes and your hamstrings and everything, you release more testosterone, you release more growth hormone. You're creating the foundation of your entire body. I'm like, oh, okay. So then I started doing legs, even though I hated it, and it was just crazy thing happened. As soon as I started working out, working out my legs. I started making huge gains in my chest and my back and my muscles yep. and you know, I just exploded. And so it's kind of like I was convinced for two years that I had the formula, but then someone said, ah, try this formula. And that the other formula was better. Yep. Yep. So, and like even with working out for me, you know, I, I've really been into tennis for probably like six, seven years. When I first started working out, I wasn't really an athlete. Like after college, I, I, I didn't play sports. I just, gym was kind of like the sport. So, you know, getting big and putting up a lot of weight and doing all that stuff was like, that was my game, quote unquote. Then I pick up tennis. Well, you know what? Like to hit a two-handed backhand, if your fucking back is huge and your chest is huge and your muscles are all big and tight, like you're like, this is how far you can go back. I was like, this is ineffective. You know, like (laughs) what am I really working out for? And Mm. you just start like retooling everything to fit what it is. So it's like, then you go lightweights and way more dynamic movements and like movements that I'm using. Like, you know, if, if an athlete is training for a specific sport, they have methods to strengthen the muscles for that specific sport. And I was like, well, that's a revolution. And then you like, you start going down and you see all these nuances and how to get faster and um, how, how to be able to sustain longer and things like that. And I was like, interestingly enough for me, as I'm talking about it, like weight lifting or working out is really been one of those things where I've progressed into a lot of different avenues throughout life. And it really was kind of like a good stepping point or like a microcosm for everything else. Because then I could look at like, okay, if I'm producing X results in my life over and over and over, right, then I can look at how I'm responsible and what the methodologies that I'm using. So like kids are a fucking fantastic way for you to understand how not in balance you are at all times. Cause like the second you figure out three weeks later, they're a completely different being. And you're like, well, like what? <laughs> I thought I had this figured out. And it's like, Nope, don't have it figured out. 
And so even like with my wife, it's really interesting to just speak about what's working and what's not working at any given time. And like, what are we bringing to the party? And because we're open to it, like I spent uh, 10 days with my parents, like my parents were giving us feedback on what they're seeing, like our energy that we're putting in with our kids, what we're saying or not saying, how the kids are different with them. And like, we're normally, I feel like people would get really offended. Like, who the fuck are you to tell me how to raise my kids? I'm like, I've said yes. Like, I'm open to learning in every area of my life. I don't have anything fucking figured out. So like, teach me. Mm. And I think that's a really powerful place to sit, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're in relationships or anything like that. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's kind of where, where we're at. Hey, I just wanted to pause here for a second and tell you about something that I realized many of you have no idea about. So Guy and I have just released a brand new advanced training. So after hundreds of emails and questions constantly asking us, well, how do I have it all? How do I have it all? We've created the five pillars to having it all. So if any of the things we share with you here on the podcast have resonated with you, then I'd like to invite you personally to an all new training. Now you can register for the next live class by heading to www.satoriprime.com forward slash register. There you'll be able to register for the next live class. Or if you're one of these people that I need it now, you can always just watch the latest replay on that page as well. This, by the way, my friends, is a robust, in-depth training that will help you clearly see what's currently stopping you in any area of your life, be it your health, your relationships, your finances, or simply just maybe you want to manifest that big dream. It will help you with all of that. So again, go check it out by going to www.satoriprime.com forward slash register. And now back to the podcast. I have a sleep company called Swanwick Sleep and we help people sleep better through blue light blocking glasses and um, a sleeping mask and some magnesium spray. And, and I gave a talk uh, in Brisbane, Australia about two weeks ago and uh, I was sharing my story um, to about 50 people uh, about how I built the business and they were interested in learning how to build an Amazon business. And, and um, at the end of this talk, I, I pitched um, some coaching, a coaching program that I've developed with my brother, which is helping people um, start their own Amazon business and sell nice. physical products, products at Amazon. Now, I'm, I'm a guy who's been on SportsCenter on ESPN. I've spoken on stages of 500 people. I've, I've interviewed thousands of people, been interviewed hundreds of times on podcasts. And I, I kind of think I speak pretty well and I'm confident on stage and, and all of that kind of stuff. Anyway, after the talk was over and people were mingling, this man came up to me and he goes, it was nice to meet you. Great talk. I said, oh, thank you very much. He goes, can I give you some constructive criticism? And I was like, oh boy. First of all, my initial reaction was, oh boy, here we go. And then my other reaction was, okay, this will be good. I want to hear this. And then he spent five minutes criticizing me. Um, it was positive feedback, um, I have to say. Like I was very, I was actually thankful for, for hearing it. And he said, you know, you rambled too much. Your pitch, you kind of glossed over the main things. You know, I'm in sales and you kind of messed up the, the, the pitch of, uh, when you got to the, to the sales part. When people ask you questions from the audience, you, you, you rambled. Like you gave five-minute answers. It should have just been like one-minute answers. And I'm standing there listening to him and I'm smiling because I'm being polite and listening. And, and I, I have to admit that I, I, I was conflicted as to how I felt by this. Part of me was like, 
this is really a gift that this guy's giving me great constructive criticism and I'm using this. But the other part of me was like, fuck you. Who the hell are you? You don't know shit. You don't know who I am. I've been doing this. Like people love my five minute answers. <laughs> and I just signed up to people in the back of the room as a result of my crappy, crappy little pitch. And, and like you, I'm thinking to myself, you're coming across as a big know-it-all. And so I had this inner conflict, Elon, where I was, where I felt like I was being um, disingenuous because I was smiling and saying, wow, thank you, which I was, but the other half of me wanted to punch him in the face. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I, I understand your point of being open to people, you know, giving you feedback and giving you suggestions and, and, and coming up with new ideas. And it's a beautiful romantic view of the world where you can just sit back and just go, yeah, tell me, give me everything. Yeah. Um, for me, the, the truth is that I'm, I'm open a fair amount, but I'm also naturally closed a little bit when I'm hearing that as well. Everyone. I haven't quite perfected it yet. Yeah. No, no, no. Everyone is. And like, Look, the, the level of stuff that comes through, right? You're a vessel. That vessel is receiving messages all the time. So the messages that you're able to receive are ones that you actually call into your existence. So that man, for example, you called into your existence to receive that. Now, the, the reception of it made you aware of where your resistance is. Mm. Right? Because like, look, and I said this to you before we got on, like for all of 2017, like one of the things that I really went to work on is this, I'm a loser conversation. And I've done so many exercises and so many things about like getting to the point where I dude, I would stand in front of the mirror and and like say to myself, I know this sounds crazy to some people, like, cause everyone's like, I'm going to do all these affirmations about how great I am and blah, blah, blah. I would stand in front of the mirror and look in the eyes and be like, you're a loser. You're a fucking loser. Like, for minutes at a time. And I have to tell you, like the first three times I did it, I fucking bawled, like openly in front of just bawled. I I couldn't even hear it from myself saying it. And just realizing like where all this resistance comes from and how I'll give you an example. So I'm a loser, right? Like that's a trigger word used to be a trigger word for me. But if someone came up to me and was like, Elon, you're a bagel. I'd be like, cool. Yeah, great. Bagel. Right? Like there's no, you know, like there's no added meaning to that word for me. Loser mm. is like a whole world, mm. whole emotional world, all that stuff. And so mm. when people give us feedback, what we resist of that feedback is mm. the stuff that we don't want to see in ourselves. So like when someone says to you like, you know, you ramble or you, you gave a shitty presentation or whatever it is, that part where you like doubt in the way, way back part there was like, cause I'm sure you do this too. Cause like, you know, all speakers do is like, you know, did I do my best? Can I do this better? Like maybe that wasn't great, whatever. That's the part. And the, the other thing is like the know-it-all piece. And we see in others, like the way that we don't want to see ourselves. So sometimes like I just do this just happened to me on New Year's where I was talking to this guy. I thought it was very, well, I'll give you a little bit of the background so it makes sense. We're sitting at dinner. There's eight of us, um, four people that I've never met before. And 
at the end, this guy's like, you know, uh, Grey Goose is the best vodka in the world. And I'm like, is it really? Like, I get that it's like one of all these reviews and it's like super highly rated. But like, if, if you're asking me, I think Grey Goose is, it's flavorless. It's like, it's great because it's super easy to drink. But if you like vodka, like that's not the, the, the vodka that people go to. So we start having this conversation and then a friend of mine just literally like bangs the table and goes, Elon, why don't you know when to shut the fuck up? And I'm like, what? Like I was just so taken back by what had happened that I just, I couldn't even process it. So I'm like talking to this guy and everyone ends up leaving. And I like pull her aside afterwards. I was like, what was that all about? She's like, that's the national marketing director for Grey Goose. Why the fuck would you blah, blah, blah. And like just throwing all this stuff at me, right? Now I'm clear. Like everything inside of me wanted to engage, jump down, to be defensive, all of it, right? What I can see now is that when people respond a certain way, there's something that got triggered in them. It had nothing to do with that conversation, right? It's like some something that she saw in me that triggered in her, whatever, right? So like I could be present and aware of that and I could just notice like, okay, when people are giving me that constructive criticism, like, and I'm resisting something, it's like, oh, because that's the way I am sometimes. So Mm. like I was her, right? I was the guy that would like jump down people's throats and be like, fuck you and this and that. And now like in having that conversation, I've realized, you know what, like my family, we're pretty fucking opinionated. (laughs) Like we don't necessarily go like we have conviction and all this stuff and we don't preface things like, you know, in my humble opinion or, but we're just like, this is, you know, like this is it, take it or leave it. And that could be super offensive to people, right? Like the, the know-it-all thing. And have, have I been a know-it-all? Absolutely. Does when people are like know-it-alls, does that piss me off? Yeah. Because it's something that I haven't really dealt with. Right. So it's interesting like to be in a perspective where now it's like anytime I have a reaction to something, I'm like, okay, cool. Why am I having this reaction? Like what is that thing that I'm like super, super resistant to right now? Because that's the only way that you get to see the shit that you don't want to look at. Um, And so it's – dude, it is not easy. (laughs) It is like at times I really am like, fuck you fuck you. I don't want to fucking hear this shit. Right. And it's that practice of like, when I'm in that fuck you mode, what am I a fuck you to? It's not a fuck you to them. No. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's understanding that nobody can make you angry. Yes. Nobody else can make you upset. Only you can make yourself angry and only you can make yourself upset. And it's a concept that you can't, it takes a while to grasp. And then even once you've grasped it and you've got it, it the feelings of being upset and angry don't go away. Yep. They don't. You just notice them more. Yep. You just you just you're able you're able to have the ability, like you said, and just take a step back and go, okay, hang on a second. Why am I feeling this? You know, yep. what does it say about me that I'm feeling that? There's someone in my life who's always the victim and it's always like you know, you really upset me when you said this. Well, and in my head, I don't, uh, you know, I was getting on my high horse at one point because I'm so enlightened and so smart <laughs> that I understand that nobody can make you upset. So I would say back, it's like, 
no, I didn't make you upset. You're making yourself upset based on what I said. But even that was like a douchey thing to say yeah. because now and I'm trying to prove. <laughs> no, that didn't work as well. It's not like I said, oh, gee, you're right. Thank you very much. Gee, wow, I was so wrong. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, so now I just have that, now I just have that understanding of it. And, and I always say this to people, like it's, it's not that you get any less well, you do get a little bit less angry. It's not that you, uh, for me, the frequency of getting upset and angry and, and or depressed, I have phases of depression and sadness. I don't think that they have reduced in frequency um, since I've been doing a lot of this work. However, my, my ability to deal with those things when they come into my head has improved dramatically. So I don't, so those feelings are momentary or, or, you know, if they, if it once before they might last an entire morning, now it only lasts, you know, 20 minutes or 30 minutes. Sometimes it might only last five seconds because I can get out of it. It just depends. So, um, and that's one of the things I've had to go easy on myself for, because even with paying coaches and reading books and, having all the, the knowledge of how to get out of a situation like that. I haven't been able to get out. I haven't been able to reduce the frequency of feeling depressed and angry and upset. I've just, I, I've, you know, I used to beat myself, oh, I'm paying all this money and I still feel this way. Mm. But now I'm like, well, hang on. Actually, now I'm noticing it a lot more and I'm not, I'm not spending as long in those, th- those times. So I'm making progress and, and well done. And, 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 yeah. and trying to, trying to, you know, give myself an, an encouragement for that. So, so, um, yeah. It's an know. atrophied muscle. I mean, think about it. Like you've programmed something into your being right into this mechanism for, um, decades. I mean, most people like decades, right? Like you're talking like you're 42. So you're talking like from the time you were maybe two or three years old, you have certain ways that you be. Mm-hmm. And they call them like the formative years, but like from three to eight, 97 plus percent of all of your programs are set. So you're mm-hmm. talking decades of just like reacting certain ways and processing things certain ways, et cetera. Then you wake up one day, you're like, you know what? Ah, this is not really effective. Like for where I want to go, this doesn't quite work. Okay, great. Well, let's reprogram this. Okay, great. That program doesn't just go away because you're like, hey, I'm ready to reprogram this. Let's, uh, let's switch this, yeah? That program wants to hang on with everything it's got. So even yeah. in the moments that like you have that, that epiphany, you're like, oh, I'm going to try this differently. Just because you've done it once. I, I found out that I'm a loser, like that conversation when I was 21 years old. Amazing. I'm 36. Wow. I'm still dealing with it. Here's the thing. Mm. The level to which I deal with it, right, is completely different. Because if you can imagine like a glass jar with just a bunch of shit in it, right? Mm-hmm. The stuff that comes out from the top, that's like the, you know, like a landmark forum, you see it like the stuff that gives people like, oh my God, like a whole new lease on life. That's just the, the surface stuff that we've now removed. Like, but then you get down and down and down into these like core, core wounds, I call them, the things that like really trigger. And I have to tell you, like in 2017, my triggers were so jarring. Like I haven't been that impacted by something in so long that when it hit me, it was literally like someone like with a bat just fucking wailed me over the face. And I was like, 
whoa, I haven't had that kind of like explosive reaction in a long, long time. It's because in order for that stuff to be released, the reaction, like the way out, if the way in was painful, the way out also has to be painful. And mm. the, the way to get it out, it, it's always going to be explosive. Mm. But like that's how you start developing this muscle where kind of like you said, like you catch it faster, you're in it less and less and less, you're in the other state more and more and more that you choose to be. And then something just fucking blindsides you and you're like, I thought I fucking dealt with this already. Mm. You have. And that's allowed for you now to see an even deeper level that you would have never seen or heard or experienced before. And now you get to release that. And it's just like this never ending game Mm. that we sign up for of releasing stuff so that you can experience life. And, you know, from not to sound cheesy, but like from a state of love and acceptance and gratitude for everything, not just like, oh, my life would be great if this and this and this and this would be there. Yeah. No, my life is great and beautiful and amazing, period. It's living in a state of appreciation versus expectation. Yes. And, and I've been massively guilty of living, in a life, living a life of expectation. When I do this, then I'll be happy. When I do this, then I'll be happy. Or why don't I have this? Or everyone else is crushing it. And man, I, I can go through phases where I'll just walk around by myself with like navel gazing with my head down, just going, I'm fucking just, I'm dying here, man. Like, oh, look at me. 40 something, no kids, no wife, just walking around, struggling in business. Even though I'm probably not, what's even struggling? I'm probably yeah. just not struggling, but like compared to others, I'm struggling, haven't made it directionless fuck what are you doing man like ah and you just go through this phase meanwhile you're walking through uh, a beautiful spring day for example maybe in brisbane australia and there's birds chirping and there's beautiful greenery and an old woman walks by you and she smiles at you and you don't even pick up on the smile and there's 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 all of this stuff and you go man i'm in Australia, I'm in America, I'm, I'm not even like a marginalized eth- ethnic kind of, you know, person. I was born a white person yeah. in the greatest time in history and I had a private school education and my parents are still alive and healthy and, my, and I haven't had any real tra- trauma in my life and there's no war going on in my world at the moment. Like I'm not living under the threat of being bombed or anything. And then you just go, why am I walking around like a freaking zombie all day just going at my life sucks? And so, but, but you know what? As much as I know how preposterous that is, I still get those thoughts that come in. I still naturally get those thoughts that are like, you're shit and you're a loser to use your words. Yep. Um, but now the only, like the, 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 the big positive that I can take out of it is that I'm so aware of it now and I can catch myself and I have the tools on what to do when I catch myself having those thoughts. Look, I, I said this to you offline before, the biggest shift for me this past year was learning to love that aspect of me. Like before I was doing all the work to remove that aspect Mm. to just like, 
if I just got rid of this, or if I just got rid of that thought process or that way of thinking or that way of being, whatever, I'd be good. And someone said something to me. They were like, look, divinity, right? God, it's everything. It's not, you know, people like, I want to experience God. And, And Michael Singer says this. He's like, bullshit. You don't want to experience God. Your version of experiencing God is like, I want to experience everything that I love in my life. And that's really great. I want a lot more of that. Everything that is not good or makes me feel sad. I don't want to experience that. That's bullshit. God is all of it. And if you're a divine being, like you take that on, right? Like you're a, a, a representation of God, then you too are all of it. So like, I am a loser obviously, because that's part of being God. I'm also great. I'm a fucking asshole and I'm the most generous, like I'm all of it. Right. And so when I stopped trying to get rid of something and every time my experience of experiencing that thing was, Oh, huh. Instead of, Oh fuck. It makes everything so much easier because for a long time I was doing the, Let me get tools so that I can, Guy and I have started calling it like spiritually bypass certain stuff where it's like, I can fucking ninja my brain and I still can, and I can show people how to, but like, I can fucking ninja my brain to like think a certain way. But it's like, what if I didn't have to, what if I just experienced that thing? And I was like, I love that experience. And then there is nothing to fix or change or, or manipulate or re... And it's just like the nature of things is to experience them and it be done, right? It doesn't mm-hmm. rain forever. It doesn't snow forever. It's not windy. It's like it happens mm-hmm. and it's gone. So in the moment that it's happening, be there. Mm. Fight Club, he says that line. He's like, don't go into your fucking cave. This is your pain, right? And yeah, it, it's that's like something that I've just been playing with. And like when I'm angry, I I'm in love with being angry. And when I'm upset. I just love being upset. Like I experience it as, look, if it was, if we all lived in a movie that was just like happy, happy, happy all the time, you fucking get bored. That's not a movie, right? So a movie has the ups, the downs, the dramas, the, the failures, the everything. And it's like, we're always waiting for like, well, let me, let me just get through this so I can get to the happy stuff. This is life. Like all of it is your fucking life. This is what makes it interesting. And it it goes by like this anyway. So it's like, if there wasn't anything to fix and if there wasn't somewhere to get to, could you actually be here and now and love it as is? And that allows for more experiences and more goodness and stuff like that to show up instead of like waiting for your life to turn out somehow so that you could feel okay about the way it turned out. Yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, Tr- trust the process and and maybe let go of the this end dream goal result. Like it's great to have the vision of where you know you're going to, but it's it's kind of like trusting the process. So when shit hits the fan and when you feel depressed, and just trust it and go, yeah, it's part of the process. That's it, right? Like this is my experience right now. Cool, I'm gonna fully experience this right now. Like I'm gonna fully experience being depressed right now. I'm going to like notice what's happening in my body. I'm going to notice what's happening in my head. I'm going to notice the thoughts. I'm going to notice like Mm. the aches and pains. I'm going to, I'm going to experience all of it and then just sit with that. And a lot of people like, I have to get past this 
because I got some shit to do. This is the shit you got to do right now. Just fucking experience that, right? Like if my kid is having a tantrum, the one thing that as a parent, all you want to do is like, how do we get through this tantrum? And I'm not saying I do any of this perfectly. It's just like, you know, something I'm practicing. It's like when they're having that, it's like, this is what my experience is right now. I get to love that too. Mm. Even though everything inside of me is like, I don't fucking love that. (laughs) But it's like, what does it get to look like? Because when you love that and you don't resist it, it goes. When you resist it and you're like, this is not good, it just keeps getting growing, growing, growing and gets bigger and bigger. And then you have a bigger fucking problem to deal with. There you go. I've taken notes, Elon. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) I've I've, I've learned a lot on this. Thank you. I've Literally got two pages of notes here from Elon from your words of wisdom. That's awesome. Cool, man. So we've we've definitely gone over and and I want to be conscious of your time. And and, um, dude, just thanks for, it's interesting because I feel like even on the last call, like we had some sort of idea. We're going to talk about this, this, and this. You know what's great about you? Like you're so vulnerable and open to talk about stuff that I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs don't want to talk about, which is quote unquote, the shit of it, right? Like it's always like, well, look at me and what I've done and this and that. And it's like, at the end of the day, we're all fucking in stuff, personal mm. stuff, business stuff, life stuff. And I just want to um, acknowledge you for just creating an awesome conversation and, and really sharing who you are as a human being and, and what you're up to in the world. I just love it. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much. Can I get a recording of you saying that, that I can share with my intimacy coach on my next call? <laughs> so I can say, hey, look, I'm making progress. People are saying that I'm more open and more vulnerable. Look, I'm doing, I'm doing <laughs> no, I don't seriously. know that I'm necessarily your, uh, your target market though. So I don't know how you are with sexy ass women who you want to be with. <laughs> it changes, but... <laughs> happy to share yeah <laughs> thank you man hey listen i really appreciate this that, that thank you it means a lot to me that you would actually pay me that compliment and um thank you very much as well i want to acknowledge you as well for for creating the space for this and for also sharing your your journey which is not always beautiful and perfect it's sometimes it's goddamn ugly isn't it yes it is um, yeah so thank you for sharing that and you know like i said you've inspired me i've taken a couple a couple pages of, of notes here um we've got it written down here it says love thinking you're a loser stop trying to eliminate it's okay it's okay to feel down love the downs stop waiting for it to be perfect trust the process don't resist it love it um falling in love with loser so i like that thank you you've given me yeah. some some little one sentence or some little phrases there to uh to to think on awesome man so um for those that want to connect with you, find out either we didn't speak about it at all, but he's <laughs> an amazing e-commerce business. He also has an amazing 30-day challenge of no drinking, which I partook in uh, this past February and will be doing again this upcoming February. So for those that love who you are and want to find out more about what you do in life, where should they go? Yeah, if you want to sleep better, then you can go to my sleep company, which is swanwicksleep.com. I'll spell it out because people, but the actual pronunciation of my last name is Swanick. There's a silent second W, but Americans just don't understand that. So no. they, they always like, they're always like, Swanwick. So now I just give it up and I'm like, swanwicksleep.com, even though it's supposed <laughs> to be Swanick. So 
So swanwicksleep.com, S-W-A-N-W-I-C-K, sleep.com. You can check out our Swanies Blue Light Blocking Glasses, which I've been rocking during the video component of this. And if you want to reduce or quit alcohol, then just check out 30daynoalcoholchallenge.com and uh, I'll hold your hand through 30 days and not drinking. You'll lose weight, feel better, get better looking, sleep better, be a rock star <laughs> without the alcohol. It's funny because we had this conversation probably like a year plus ago and I was like, yeah, but I don't drink that much. And like, eh, it's no big deal. And then I did it purely for like a dietary cleanse before uh, we went to ayahuasca in Colombia. And I came back and I was telling James like, A, if you want to get lean and fast without doing any, without changing anything else, stop drinking for 30 days. Like, like I, I, it was so easy to stay lean and stay fit. It was like a joke. That's one. The second thing is it was really eye opening from the standpoint of two things. One mentally, like going to events with friends or dinners or things like that, you become hyper aware of the program of having a drink. Like you're in certain circumstances and it's just like a habit. It's not that you're not even choosing. You think you're choosing to have that glass of wine at dinner. You're not. You're like at this event with these people, this is what I do. And you just do it. Not doing that was really, really interesting from the standpoint of like the mental game. And then afterwards, I'll just leave you guys with this. Like my experience of alcohol has changed forever. Not like just in that, like forever. So now... I choose in to drink in a way that I haven't before. So if it's just like, hey, let's have a vodka to have a vodka, I choose not. So I was telling James, like, only if it's, you know, an exceptional beer or a really good glass of wine or, you know, like a handcrafted cocktail, something like interesting that I can appreciate. That's not like I'm just going to fucking drink to be a part of the social experiment. And, um, it's really shifted for me. So I would, if it not, whether you're like an alcoholic, this is nothing. This is like, if you just want to try a, a experiment, I would highly encourage it. It was really, really beautiful. Yeah. Nice. Thanks. Elon. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. James, as always, absolute blast sharing time with you and guys, we'll see you on the next have it all podcast. Have an amazing day. So one last reminder before we wrap up here today, if you haven't already grabbed the app that all of your fellow Satorians are going gaga over, then I would recommend to do it right now. Well, I guess if you're driving, maybe not just this second, but when you get a chance, go to your iTunes or Google Play Store, search for Satori Prime and download it today. You'll get access, like I said earlier, to an amazing and life-changing 10-part mini-series. And if you want to know the clear steps to create the have-it-all life for yourself, this app is an absolute must. Like I said, and you can hear in my voice, we are incredibly excited to share it with you and be with you inside of our community. So we'll see you there. So that's it, my friends. That's today's episode. I just want to thank you for being part of our Have It All family and truly, truly thank you for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to help or give back in any way possible, the best way would be to share this or any other episode that you loved with your family, friends, or colleagues. And if you'd be so great as to just leave us a rating and a comment on either iTunes or Stitcher, whichever you use, that helps us tremendously. 
It only takes about two to three minutes of your time and would mean the world to us. Finally, I want to let you know that if you want to get even more exclusive content from Guy and I, just head over to satoriprime.com and make sure you join our mailing list. Now, I know what you might be thinking, God, not another mailing list, but I promise you, you'll only get an email or two from us per week and it will always have amazing videos and articles that I'm sure you're going to love, promise. So until next time, you can join our ongoing conversation at the Have It All Facebook group where you can let us know how we're doing and what we can do to improve. Love you all and we'll see you on the next Have It All podcast. Have an amazing, amazing day, my friends. 